YouTube, but I'm feeling a little on fire this morning. I believe the Lord is going to do a great thing today. I said He is going to do a great thing today. Amen. So Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for our time together with you. Lord, we worship you and we honor you. And Lord, I know that your presence is here right now with us. And I thank you, Lord, that you would stretch your hand, reach your hand into the service today. That you would touch our hearts, prepare our hearts for the word, Lord. And that you would help us to respond to you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Church, I know that you've come in one way, but I believe that you'll be leaving in another way. I know that you've come in one way, but you shall leave in another way. God is taking you from glory to glory this morning. He's shifting something in your life. Something in your life has got to shift. Something in your life has got to change this morning, church. Are you excited? Are you ready today? Amen. We're going to be reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 1 to 3. And this is what I've titled my message this morning. The title is Arise, Shine. Can somebody say arise? Can somebody say shine? It's arise, shine. Do we have the scripture on the screen? Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 to 3. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you. The Lord will arise upon you. His glory will be seen upon you. The nations shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Isn't that so powerful, church? And what I felt in preparation for this message is I felt the Lord saying is that He doesn't only want to reveal His glory in you, but He wants to display His glory through you. doesn't only want to reveal His glory in you, He wants to display His glory through you. And not only does He want to display His glory through you, He wants your life to bring glory to Him. Amen. Amen. God is going to do something this morning. See, God's glory is to be demonstrated beyond the four walls of this building. His glory is to be demonstrated beyond who we are as people, beyond our lives and beyond our own hearts. The Lord desires us to become kingdom carriers, presence carriers. He desires us to demonstrate His power and His love and His life to people around us doesn't matter in what sphere or, or in what capacity, whether it's at school, university, at work, whether it's to family, friends, non-believers, in the life of the home, in the life of the church, in the life of the city, God desires to display His glory in your life and through your life. And sometimes it's difficult for us to believe that God could display His glory in our lives. We believe it might be challenging. Why do, we, why do we believe that? Because we think to ourselves, oh, I'm, I'm not smart enough. Oh, I, I'm not spiritual enough. Oh, but I'm not, I'm not talented en enough. God cannot use the ordinary. God cannot use the lowly person that I am. But I've come to tell you something this morning, church, that when God delivers you, He doesn't just deliver you so that you would 
feel comfortable and that you would be happy and content and live a life in your home and come to church and be all content and happy within the four walls of this building. No, He delivers you so that you would bring deliverance to others. Amen. He changes your life so that you would bring change to others. He blesses your life so that you would be a blessing. He enlightens your life so that you would be a light. And He endows His glory upon you so that you could display His glory to the rest of the world. Isn't that so beautiful this morning? And you're not so beautiful. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And behold, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And we've been called to shine in the dark places. Not to shine in the places of our comfortability, in the places where we feel safe. God is sending you on a mission, church, and He is commissioning you this morning to arise and shine. Hallelujah. Amen. And so I want to give a brief summary of what Isaiah chapter 60 is about. It is one of three chapters. It's a poem, and it's one of three poems, and it describes how Holy Spirit-empowered servants of the Lord have been called to announce the good news of the gospel to the nations around them. It shows how God's justice, His mercy, and blessings would flow out of God's nations, uh, out, of, out of God's servants to the nations of the world. Amen. And so Isaiah chapter 60 is very much written to all of us this morning. Hallelujah. And so let's just take a look again at that verse, uh, verse, chap uh, verse 1, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. It says, Arise, shine. Arise, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And the first two words are very significant. And they stand out to me, and we'll take note. Arise, shine. There is both a command and a function in arise, shine. Arise is the command, and shine is the function. But do you know what's significant about the word arise? is that it indicates to us that we began in a lowly position. Isn't that good, church? We begin in a lowly position, and the Lord's calling us to arise. He's calling us to a new standard. In fact, that's what the word arise means. It means to come to a new standard. It means to graduate from one level to a new level. It means to come up, and the Lord is saying to arise. And so arises an indication that we began in a lowly position. And I believe that many of us are here this morning, and many of us are low caste. Many of us are disappointment, in a place of disappointment, in a place of despair, in a place of discouragement, a place of defeat, failure, rejection, abandonment. And you know what's so amazing about this word arise is in the context of the chapter before, chapter 59. It's really fascinating because... Chapter 59 is summarized in the ESV Bible as evil and oppression. It's a chapter that speaks about the consequences of sin. It speaks about how mankind has been separated from God because of our actions. And that is a very lowly place, church. That is a place of despair. That is a place of defeat. It's a place of discouragement. It's a place of hopeless, uh, hopelessness. But the very next word of the very next chapter is to arise. It is to arise. And that's the Lord's word for you this morning, church. It is to arise and to shine. 
emerging from that place of despair is the hope-giving command to arise. And I've come to tell somebody this morning that the Lord's word for you in this season is to arise and to shine. It is to rise up from the doubt, to rise up from the fear, to rise up from the pain, to rise up from the suffering, rise up from the loneliness, and to shine. Amen. Arise and shine. The second significant word is the second second significant word is the word shine. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Now, arise is the command, and shine is the function. And we've been called to arise. But we haven't been called to arise, as I mentioned earlier, so that it feels comfortable for us. We haven't been called to arise to a position with greater authority, greater power, greater strength, greater might, just so that it looks better for us. We haven't been called to arise for status and position and to flaunt that to people around us. We've been called to arise for a purpose, for a function. And the function is to shine. To shine for your light has come. Amen. Shine for your light has come. And for your light has come, that phrase is very significant. Do you know what it indicates? It tells us that the light is separate from the one who carries it. The light is separate from the one who carries it. We are carriers of the light. We are bearers of the light, but we are not the source of this light. As children of God, we are receivers and reflectors of the light. Arise and shine. We've been called to stand up and stand out. Amen, church. Stand up and stand out. We are receivers and reflectors of the light, just like the moon. Many of us know the the moon doesn't have its own light. It reflects the light of the sun in the same way that we've been called to reflect the light of the sun. Amen. John 1 verse 9 says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And who is the light? The light of Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. Verse 2 says, uh, this is Isaiah chapter 60. Verse 2, it says, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the nation shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. That's so beautiful. The, the scripture, Isaiah is talking about how the glory of the Lord and the light of the Lord would rise upon us, shine in us and through us. But what is its effect on us? What is the effect of God's glory in our lives? Well, let me tell you, it beautifies. It beautifies. Let's look at verse 7. I'm going to read the second part of verse 7. It says, they shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will beautify my beautiful house. Who is the house that that Isaiah is speaking about, that the Lord is speaking about? We are the house. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And what Isaiah is saying here is that when the glory comes upon, its effect on us is that it beautifies, that the Lord would beautify his beautiful house. Amen. And verse 9 says the same thing. Let's go to verse 9, right at the end of verse 9, the the last, the second part. It says, for the name of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel, because he has made you 
beautiful. Amen. So we understand this morning that God's glory changes people. There is a transformative power about the glory of God. And it beautifies His people. And it's for a purpose. It is to attract the nations to the Lord. And so the Lord makes us beautiful. Not so that the nations would be attracted to your beauty, but that they would be attracted to His beauty. And when the Lord strengthens you, He strengthens you not so that the nations would be attracted to your strength, but that they would be attracted to the Lord's strength. Amen. Now, what is the glory that beautifies? What is this glory? As I mentioned earlier, the glory is Jesus the Christ. He is the glory. John chapter 1 verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh, who we know is Jesus, and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. So Jesus is the glory that comes upon us. So this is the next question I want to ask this morning, is how does God give us this glory? How does He give us this glory? Well, let me tell you. He gives us this glory through the place where His glory was most clearly seen. He gives us His glory through the cross of Calvary. That's where His glory was most clearly seen. The center of God's glory as revealed on earth was at the cross of Calvary. And so it is because of the great work of salvation that it results in our glowing reflection. It's salvation that we reflect. It's the work of Christ that has been done in our lives that beautifies us and we begin to reflect the glory of God because of the work of Jesus in our lives. Amen. And so it's at the cross where God's glory has been revealed. And why is it at the cross where God's glory has been revealed? It's because it's at the cross where God the Son bore the unrighteousness of mankind and He gave us His righteousness. It's at the cross where Jesus reversed the inglorious aspects of our lives and He gave us the glorious aspects of His life. Isn't that so beautiful? That is glory. That is glorious. And so the way that God gives us glory is through the cross. And it's because of Christ's redemptive work that every time God looks at you, He sees the cross. And every time God looks at the cross, He sees you. That is glorious. And so this means that when Jesus became the Lord and Savior of your life, guess what? He qualified you to be a receiver and reflector of the glory of God. Amen. And so we're all being called to receive and reflect God's glory. Hallelujah. Now to reflect God's glory, what does that mean? To reflect God's glory means to enlarge or improve His reputation in our sinful, broken world. Amen. Can I say that again? To reflect God's glory means to enlarge or improve God's reputation in the sinful, broken world that we live in today. And I'm going to clarify that in just a moment. But one of the greatest results, one of the, the primary results of spirit-empowered, transformed life 
is that we would become reflectors of God's character and of his nature in every aspect of our lives. That's one of the primary things that happens of a spirit uh, empowered transformation in our lives is when we become reflectors of his character and nature. And that's what it means to glorify God. That's what it means to reflect his glory and bring God glory is that when we become more conformed to the word through the renewing of our mind and when we begin to act out his character and demonstrate his nature to the people around us in every aspect of our lives, that is when we begin to reflect the glory of the Lord. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, if we could have that on the screen, he says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Amen, church. Do it to the glory of God. In everything that we do, every aspect and every area, do it to the glory of God. And so I'm challenging us this morning to pursue the glory of God. Hallelujah. I'm challenging us to pursue the glory of God. And so as a follower of Christ, we've been called to do things in a manner where God's reputation is improved in the minds of people around us. Now, I just want to bring clarity here. God's reputation in and of itself does not need to improve because he's God. He is perfect. God is the very definition of perfection. However, in the minds of others, the opinion of God needs to be increased. Amen. So what am I saying? I'm saying in Christ, one of the greatest honors we have is to represent Christ. Paul says that we are ambassadors of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've been called to represent him, to reflect his righteousness and his mercy to a world that desperately needs a balance of grace and truth. Amen. And that's what the Lord has called us to do. So what does this look like practically? What does this look like in our lives? I want to share with you three ways, three areas in our lives that where we can reflect the glory of God and give God glory. Amen. Number one is in the life of our home, in our families. Number two is in the life of the church. And number three is in the life of the city. And so we're going to start with the home. How can we glorify God? How can we demonstrate and reflect God's glory in our homes, in our households? And the first point that stood out to me that I felt the Lord ministered to my heart was with our lips. It's with our mouths. We can praise him with our lips. Our words are an opportunity to glorify God. Amen. Can somebody say amen? I'm not preaching to myself this morning. David says in Psalm 63 verse 3, he says, my lips will glorify you. My lips will glorify you. One of the most noble things we can do with our mouths and with our tongues is bring glory to the Lord. What does, what does Paul say in Ephesians 4.29? Paul says, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths by only such as is good for the building up as fits the occasion that we may give grace to those who hear. Let no corrupt talking come out of your mouths. I see some of you nudging your spouse there on the side. Don't do that. I'm preaching to you this morning <laughs> and myself. <laughs> Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths. And what kind of speech is Paul talking about this morning? He's talking about speech that is calculated to infect its hearers with sin. That's the kind of speech he's talking about all lying, 
all corrupt communications that stir up evil desires, lust, corrupt passions of bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil, evil speaking, malice, discourse that is not good for the edifying of another. That's the type of discourse that Paul is talking about. And he says, engage in discourse that gives grace to those who hear. That gives grace to those who hear. What does that mean? It's discourse that is seasoned with salt. Discourse that is good for the edifying of those who hear. Discourse that is calculated to instruct, direct, reprove, encourage, comfort, edify. And what does the scripture say? Most importantly, that ministers grace to those who hear. And that means that when we're presented with an opportunity to gossip about somebody or to slander or to bring down um, a church leader or a person or somebody in your family or somebody in your friends and to speak evil of people or when somebody brings up a, a situation that's not true and we begin to uh, uh, fan the flame. It is to the glory of the Lord that we would speak blessing. It is to the glory of the Lord that we would speak life. It is to the glory of the Lord that we would encourage. It is to the glory of the Lord that we would edify. It is to the glory of the Lord that we would bless those who curse us. It is to the glory of the Lord to bless those who hate on us. Amen, church. That is what it means to be beautiful. That's what it means to demonstrate the glory of the Lord in our lives and through our lives. Hallelujah. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And we know the book of James, James chapter 3, it's, I'm not going to read it today, but it's all about the tongue, how it's a small fire, it's a small flame, but it has the potential to set forests on fire. But not only speaking words brings glory to God, but responding correctly to what we hear being spoken brings glory to God. I want to give you a short testimony, a conviction of my life and, and Danny in our family, in my father's family. This is the way that we have lived our lives. Is that when we're watching television and when we're watching a series or a movie, whatever it is, and we hear the actors blaspheme our Lord Jesus Christ in the way that they do, we turn off the TV immediately. We turn it off immediately. And let me tell you why. Because it's in his name that we are set free. It's in his name that we are born again. It's in his name that bondages are loosed. It's in his name that marriages are put back together. It's in his name that demons are driven out. Amen, church. And so I want to encourage us today that when you hear that, I'm challenging you this morning, turn off the TV. Don't even skip over that part. We do not give glory to the enemy in our lives. Amen, church. His name is holy. And we do this to preserve the holiness of his name. We turn off that TV to, to preserve the integrity of his name. And we turn it off so that we preserve the intimacy that we have with his name. Don't drag his name through the dirt, church. Don't allow his name to be dragged through the dust. And when people, people blaspheme the Lord Jesus Christ, turn that off and give glory to God in your life. Amen, church. Give glory to God. And that is a, a wonderful demonstration of the glory of God to people around you too. And it brings glory to the Lord. Amen. Honoring family prayer time brings glory to the Lord. Honoring your spouse brings glory to the Lord. 
First Peter 3 verse 7 says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since she is an heir with us in the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Isn't that incredible? The honor that we have for our spouse determines whether our prayers would be hindered or not. Isn't that powerful, church? Let us speak well of each other, of each other, even when we're not deserving of being spoken well about, even when your spouse is not deserving of being spoken about well. Speak well of your husband. Speak well of your wife. Uplift them in the faith. Speak a blessing over their life. Encourage them in the word in Jesus' mighty name so that the Lord can answer. If you're wondering why you don't have that new car, I'm telling you, brother, here's the reason your prayers are being hindered. I'm just joking with you this morning. (laughs) Disciplining our children in a biblical way brings glory to the Lord. Do not spare the rod. I'm not going to preach any further on that point. Let's move on. We can bring glory to the Lord through the life of the church. And how do we give God glory in the life of the church? Well, number one, we give glory to God by our worship. Amen. By our worship. Our worship glorifies God. There is one activity that Scripture associates more than any other with glorifying God. And what is that? Worship. It is worship. Why? Because at its heart, at the heart of worship, worship ascribes all glory to God. We can glorify God in many ways, but Scripture indicates that the Lord delights in very few things than the worship that we give to Him. We're in sincere hearts, with hearts that are devoted to the Lord. And when we declare that all glory belongs to Him, the Lord delights in that. When we declare God's glory here during our worship, we are simultaneously reflecting God's glory to the people around us while giving glory to God. Amen. And this is the importance of passionate and yet sincere prayer and worship. This is the importance of displaying heartfelt worship. This is the importance of when a person walks into the room, walks into this church, that they see that your hands are lifted up and that you're fully devoted to worshiping the Lord your God with eyes closed and giving Him that undivided attention, undivided devotion in that moment of worship. And during times of prayer, it gives glory to the Lord to not be distracted by people around you. It gives glory to the Lord to focus on what He's saying to you. It gives glory to the Lord to lay down the offense in your heart and to worship Him. It gives glory to the Lord to to not let our cell phones and cellular devices and the program for the morning or for your afternoon or whatever it might be disrupt us in worship. It brings glory to the Lord to totally devote ourselves to worshiping and honoring Him in our worship and prayer. Amen, church. Hallelujah. Number two, giving generously brings glory to God. Is somebody writing this down on your cell phone? Giving generously brings glory to God. We have an example of the Corinthians in the, in, in the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. And the Corinthians gave to the poor believers. And they gave for one reason only, in the hope that it would bring glory to God. 2 Corinthians 9.13 says, by their approval of this service, They will glorify God because of your submission that comes from 
your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. Amen. How does giving generously bring glory to God? Well, let me tell you four short points, four reasons why. Number one, it is a public declaration of who you trust. It's a public declaration of who you've put your trust in. It's a public declaration of who you've put your hope in. Amen, church. Giving generously glorifies the Lord by growing our trust in Him. Number two, it's a public declaration of our faith in God's provision. Amen. It's a public declaration of our faith in God's provision. Number three, it enables us to obey God with what is precious to us. Isn't that so beautiful? We're able to obey the Lord with what is precious to us, with what is dear to us. You know, as, as the saying goes, where your treasure is, your heart is too. And if your treasure is not with the Lord, then neither is your heart. And I want to encourage you with this this morning. Number four is that it enables us to understand who our source really is. Our source is the Lord. Amen, church. It's not people. It's not things of this world. Our source is the Lord. And when we give to Him, it's a public declaration of our trust in the Lord, of our faith and our love for the Lord. Giving is not an emotional experience. Can somebody say amen? Giving is not an emotional experience. It's not an experience that's based on preference. It's an action that is done out of obedience for the Lord. And it's motivated by the genuity of our love for Him. And it brings profound glory to the Lord through the expansion of His kingdom here on earth. Amen. That's beautiful. Number three, we can bring glory to the Lord in the life of the city. Amen. And how can we do that? Number one, we can live honorably among unbelievers. First Peter 2 verse 12 says, how much time do I have? Sorry, 15 minutes. First Peter, we can, we can bring glory to the Lord by living honorably among unbelievers. First Peter 2 verse 12 says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak evil against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. And Jesus also says in Matthew 5 verse 16, he says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. What does this look like? Sexual, sexual purity brings glory to the Lord. Sexual purity demonstrates God's glory through your life to others around you, and it brings profound glory to the Lord. Not getting drunk at parties reflects glory to the Lord. Amen, church. I said, amen, church. Not getting drunk at party, not that we should even be at the party, but not getting drunk at party is the very least that we can do. See, there needs to be a distinction between those who are in the light and those who are in the world. And if you do not reflect the glory of God, then there is some form of darkness in your life. And so there needs to be a distinction. Not getting drunk, not gossiping reflects the glory of the Lord. In fact, you know what the Bible says? And I suggest you study it this week. It's 1 Corinthians 6 verse 10. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 10. It says that the sexually immoral, thieves, the greedy, drunkards, revilers, and swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so it is to the Lord's glory 
that we would consecrate ourselves. It is to the Lord's glory that we would separate ourselves. It is to the Lord's glory that we would be the light and the salt in this world. It is to our glory that we would be the difference and where the world is that we would shine in a way that they have never seen before. Amen, church. My final point is standing for truth brings glory to the Lord. In, this, in the life of the city, standing for truth. First Peter 4.16 says, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let, but let him glorify God in that name. Amen. Can I read that again? If anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. So often we, we, we desire the glory that we will share in his name, but we do not desire the suffering in order to achieve that glory. And this is what I want to encourage us with. And, and that's, that's actually what Pastor Polycarp mentioned briefly last week. But as a church, we need to wake up and we need to realize that we're living in times where people call evil good and call good evil. And what does Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 say about that? It says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. If you stand for truth, God will stand for you. If you stand for the Lord, he will stand for you. And if you build God's kingdom, he will build your kingdom in Jesus' name. And I know that standing for truth is not easy. And it often comes with persecution and suffering and all the challenges that we need to face. But I'm telling you, church, it is worth it. It is worth it, and it brings glory to the Lord. It demonstrates His glory through your life, and it brings glory to the Lord through your life. Amen, church. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 and 2. It says, arise, shine. Just stick with me. We're going to close in just a moment, and we're going to have a powerful time. I feel the presence of the Lord in this room, and we're going to pray together in just a moment. Just stick with me. It says, arise, shine. For your light has come and the glory. Somebody say the glory, glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness. Somebody say darkness. So there is a direct contrast between the glory and darkness. There's a direct contrast between living in the glory and living in darkness. Where the glory is not present, darkness is present. But when we demonstrate the glory, let me tell you, we are walking in the light. And when you choose to not demonstrate the glory, we're walking in the darkness. What am I saying is that if we are not using our tongues for the glory of God, darkness is there. If we cannot worship the Lord without being distracted by a particular thought or situation or whatever it might be, some form of darkness is there. If we cannot live honorably among unbelievers and believers alike, then there's some form of darkness there. If we cannot demonstrate our love and gratitude for the Lord in our giving and obedience to Him, there is some form of darkness there. And so church, we're going to pray right now. And we're going to pray over what we say. We're going to pray over the way that we worship, the way that we honor people, the way that we live our lives. Reflecting God's glory is critical if you want to see His life in your family. Reflecting God's glory is critical if you want to see His light shone in the church. Reflecting God's glory is critical if you want to see a change in the city of Bradford and in the, and in the UK. Amen, church. Come on, let's give glory to the Lord this morning. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray. 
we're going to pray and just trust the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you and we honor you with our lives, Lord. Church, are you ready to kick out darkness from your life? Are you ready to kick out darkness? Come on, can, can, can somebody just do this? Can somebody just kick yes. right there where you are? Come on, just kick out darkness from your life. Yes. We're going to kick out darkness Hallelujah. from the city, kicking out darkness from our homes, kicking out darkness from our minds, kicking out darkness from our thoughts in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's just begin to pray in the Spirit, church. Let's honor the Lord. Let's honor the Lord with our prayer. Let's honor the Lord in our worship. Let's honor the Lord with what we're doing right now. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we give you all the praise. Come on, lift up your voices, church. Lift up your voices, church. We're waging war in the Spirit this morning. We are waging war in the Spirit this morning. And we're coming out victorious. Lord, we give you glory this morning. Lord, we give you glory this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, right now we come against darkness in our homes. Lord, we come against darkness in our homes. Lord, forgive us where we have spoken evil about one another. And today, Lord, we choose to yield our tongues to you. Lord, anoint our tongues from this day forward. Anoint our mouths from this day forward. We will speak well of our husbands. We will speak well of our, of our wives. And Lord, may our words be used for your glory in every area and aspect of our lives. Amen, church. Can you just raise your hands with me? Can you just raise your hands? As I was praying and as I was meditating, I felt the Lord say that there are many broken marriages, many broken marriages in this place. And right now, I speak healing into those marriages. I prophesy to those dry bones and I say, rise up in Jesus' name. And I kick the devil out of your marriage in Jesus' name. Mighty main, I speak peace, I speak restoration, and where there is darkness, I speak God's glory into your life. I speak wholeness, and I speak newness, and I see those tears will be wiped away from you at night. No more weeping, no more sorrow. I speak joy into your heart. I speak peace into your heart in Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody receive that this morning? Can somebody receive that this morning? Can somebody rejoice in the Lord this morning? Hallelujah, church. Lord, we honor you with our giving. And Lord, we honor you with sacrificial giving in every area of our lives. Lord, we honor you with what we have. Lord, we honor you with our worship. And we honor you with the way that we live our lives. Father, we enthrone you on our hearts. Be enthroned in our hearts. And we dismantle that power of darkness in our, in our lives. We dismantle the power of darkness in our homes. We dismantle the power of darkness in this church. We dismantle the power of darkness in the city. And Lord, we call upon your glory. And Lord, I call upon your presence. And I thank you, Lord, for your anointing to fall upon each and every one of us right now in this moment. And I speak to those strongholds. And I say, be broken in Jesus' name. Be broken in Jesus' name. And I speak restoration over your life. I speak deliverance over your life in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we consecrate ourselves to you. And I thank you, Lord, for that. Church, right now in this moment, if you want to yield your life to Christ, 
If you want to demonstrate the Lord in and through your life in a new way, in a profound way, I want you to just quickly come to the front, really quickly. I'm going to pray a very brief prayer over you, and I just want to anoint you right now. Come to the front, really quickly. If you want to receive the glory of the Lord to shine in your life and through your life, thank you for coming forward. May the Lord bless you and use you and anoint you. Come to the front if you want the glory of the Lord to be upon your life and to shine through you in a new way. If you want to separate yourself from this world and give yourself to the Lord, just come sit and stand here in the front in Jesus' name. Come, come into the front. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for these people, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for these people, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you will cause your anointing right now to fall afresh to fall afresh in this place, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your fire. I thank you, Lord, for your fire. And I speak a new mantle upon your life. I speak a new mantle upon your life, a fresh anointing and power of the Spirit upon you in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you, Lord, that before me stand the Shadrach, Meshachs, and Abednegoes of this time, that before me stand the Joshuas and Moseses of this time, that before me stand the Davids of this time. And I speak to your heart, I speak to your soul, and I say, rise up in Jesus' name. Rise and shine. Yes, Reflect the glory of God in and through your life in a profound way. And I commission you from this day forward to go out into the world, into the dark places, into the lonely places, and you will bring restoration. You will bring healing. You will bring hope where there is hopelessness. And you will be a mother to many nations. You will be a mother to the nations and you will nurture those that are without a father. You will nurture those. I see many spiritual children in your life in Jesus' name. And I speak to you, young man. And I say that you will rise up. You will rise up. You will rise up in power and authority. You will rise up in stature. You will rise up in the glory of God. And you will speak to people around you. And as you begin to minister the word, I prophesy over your life that chains will be broken in the lives of people. I prophesy over your life strongholds will be broken through these hands. And as you lay your hands on people, I speak healing, healing to take place in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone with faith said, Amen, amen and Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God.